Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the number if you want to call in and be part of today's program. Happy to be with y'all today. Uh, it was an eventful weekend, if you like paying attention to the goings-on of the Senate. Of course, the Inflation Reduction Act, as it is allegedly called, passed the Senate along, uh, along party lines, 50-50 split, uh, with Kamala Harris, the vice president, breaking the, uh, the tie. And nobody is, nobody's calling it by its name. Have you noticed that? Nobody's calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. Every write-up on it has been the climate bill or the climate and health bill. They're not calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, after all, uh, even even Bernie Sanders got up and said, you know, you know, this bill is not going to do any. It's going to be negligible effect on inflation. Everybody knows they're all in on the joke now. But you had uh, the senator from Hawaii, Brian Schatz. Tweeted out, we did it. We passed the biggest climate bill that any country has ever passed. It is the reason I came to the Senate. Uh, Igor Bobic, who as a reporter at the Huffington Post, it's done. The Senate has passed the Dem Climate and Health Care Bill. Al Gore, it's been a long time coming, but the Senate has finally advanced transformative climate legislation. Nobody is calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. It is Build Back Better 2.0. It is a climate bill. It's a handout to the IRS so they can hire 87,000 new IRS employees. Now, they say the bill is only going to target those who may, who, you know, billionaires, basically people who make a ton of money and don't pay their fair share in taxes. Well, there's only a thousand billionaires or so in the country. And the number of people who make 400000 and above per year, and the number of businesses that do so, uh, well, the number of people who make 400000 a year uh, really aren't, you know, they aren't plentiful enough for there to be 87,000 new IRS agents just for them. And the businesses that, you know, make the certain amount or whatever that the Democrats say is too much and they're skirting taxes, well... They're just going to pass those costs on to us. And there's a study from back in March or May. I can't remember which one, uh, but CNN reported on it. IRS audits target low-income earners at five times the rate of high-income earners. 87,000 new IRS agents means that you and I are going to be audited more. They're going to come and fleece you and me for money. And the big wave of, of talking points out there right now from those who support this legislation will say, well, if you don't cheat on your taxes, you don't have to worry about it. You know, if you just shut up and do what they say, you'll be fine. These are the same people that are extremely furious anytime you bring that up with, say, George Floyd or uh, anybody else. who, You know, if they just listened to the police, they'd, they'd be fine. No. That's not how this works. You and I will be fleeced. Small businesses and middle-class Americans, 
lower class Americans, everybody but the rich and powerful will be fleeced by this. But what's even funnier here is the climate aspect of this. This bill was the end result of Democrats negotiating with themselves about the climate. That's what it was. That's what it always was going to be. Build Back Better was a climate change bill. They got what they wanted. They just called it the Inflation Reduction Act because that's what voters really care about right now is inflation. And boy, wait until the voters find out this doesn't do anything about inflation. It is, an, it is a handout to upper-class Americans who want to make the switch to electric vehicles because we can't, still can't afford them. It's a handout to pet companies that produce those vehicles. It's a handout to pet companies that donate to Joe Manchin. But at no point was there any Republican input. There were several good Republican amendments to the bill, not just the trolling ones like this amendment completely slashes the language to hire new IRS agents. No, there were some good bills in there, some good amendments in there. Did you know that the Democrats put in an amendment to add price controls uh, to EpiPens. Did you know that? The Democrats put in language to price control EpiPens. And every every Republican, or 43 Republicans, voted against it. And the Democrats blasted the Republicans for that. Did you know that before that amendment... Republicans put in language to reduce the price of EpiPens and every Democrat voted against it. This wasn't about the EpiPens. If it were about EpiPens and price controls to make sure that people got equal access, Joe Biden wouldn't have undone the executive order that Donald Trump signed that reduced the price of EpiPens when Trump was president. This was about politics. If you'll recall, the whole reason Americans were encouraged to dump Donald Trump was to bring back normalcy and to get the two sides working together again. And yet the two names at the top of this bill are Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer. At no point did they bring any Republicans to the table. These two negotiated privately, came up with a bill, brought it to the floor of the Senate, and it passed along 50-50 partisan lines with Kamala Harris breaking the tie. And of course, it will pass the House of Representatives and it will get to the president's desk and he will sign it into law. And by the time this bill actually impacts Americans, Biden will be likely out of office and the Democrats out of power in the House and Senate. It could it would be incumbent on Republicans to be able to undo this. Try to mitigate the damage when they take power, but, you know, they're not going to. They had the chance to undo Obamacare after all, and they decided against it. All of this is happening, and yet the bill's actual name, the Inflation Reduction Act, is not being addressed by anybody in the media or on the Democrat side, and it's pretty clear why. It doesn't actually affect inflation at all. This is simply a tool by the Democrats and their allies in the media to push forward their pet projects. 232 1542. I want to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the silliest part of this whole climate change agenda and what the Democrats actually did and why their plan doesn't actually work. 
We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the program. So the left has been fascinated more so than usual with electric vehicles over the last several months. And, and it's, it's become kind of a, a meme among them, frankly. Uh, a lot of them saying, well, you know, I didn't have to pay so much in gas prices because I have a gas vehicle or I have a hybrid and stuff like that. And of course, you and I both know that a lot of those vehicles are out of our price range. Well, the Democrats know that too. Deep down, they always knew that. But, but right now, uh, they in particular have a really good idea. So they decided to make it more affordable. Now, keep in mind, as we've said on this show before, you can't just have an overnight switch to every American switching to an electric vehicle. Our power grid simply does not support it. What's more, all the electric vehicles out there have some issues, primarily in the winter. In the winter, batteries just don't hold their charge as much. And when you need to replace a battery, you have to pay a lot more in maintenance costs and upkeep costs than you would a regular vehicle. So we're all pretty much priced out. Unless, again, you are a white, upper-class American, the electric vehicle market is probably not your market right now. A lot of people are trying, but there's not a massive jump in terms of percentage of the American uh, population, in terms of the American uh, consumer. But the Schumer Mansion Build Back Better version 2.0 bill put some subsidies in there. You can get a tax credit for buying an electric vehicle. You can get money back. Now, granted, a subsidy at the time of inflation seems like a really stupid idea, but hey, the Democrats uh, showed with this bill that, you know, every idea is a good idea if you just believe hard enough. A major part of the climate initiative was this subsidy. The vehicles being more expensive up front and in the maintenance cost, one of the reasons Americans have been slow to hop on board this particular, probably non-coal-fired train. But even with this bill, those vehicles are still too expensive, according to the New York Times. Automakers have complained that the credit would apply to only a narrow slice of vehicles, at least initially, largely because of domestic sourcing requirements. And experts say broader steps are needed to make electric cars more affordable and to get enough of them on the road to put a serious dent in in greenhouse gas emissions. High prices are caused by shortage of batteries, raw minerals like lithium, and components like semiconductors. Strong demand for electric vehicles from affluent buyers means that car makers have little incentive to sell cheaper models. For low- and middle-income people who don't have their own garages or driveways, another obstacle is the lack of enough public facilities to recharge. The bottlenecks will take years to unclog. Car makers and suppliers of batteries and chips must build and equip new factories. Commodity suppliers have to open new mines and build refineries. Charging companies are struggling to install new stations fast enough. And in the meantime, electric vehicles remain largely the province of the rich. That is from the New York Times. Now, passing this provision of the climate bill only makes sense if you have no knowledge of what the electric vehicle industry is going through, which, unfortunately, is about par for the course when it comes to Congress taking action on just about anything. One of the better ideas the Democrats have actually had is this whole Buy America First 
mentality they wanted with the provisions in this bill. Yes, we want you to buy electric vehicles, but we want you to make sure that you are buying American and you're not supporting some problematic regime like China. There's a problem, though. According to the language of the bill, none of the cars on the American market seem to fall into that category, meaning those subsidies don't apply to any electric vehicle on the market. If you went out and bought an electric vehicle right now, you could not get that subsidy. Do you know why? Because none of those components are produced in America. From Politico, in order to receive a tax credit from buying, for buying an electric vehicle, the budget deal Democrats worked on to enact batteries uh, material uh, requires battery materials to be at least 40% sourced from North America or a U.S. trading partnership in 2024 and rising from there. And by 2029, battery components would have to be 100% made in North America. Perhaps the most difficult bar, though, considering China's dominance when it comes to lithium-ion batteries and other minerals com and components the vehicles need, is the deal stipulation that the credit won't apply to a vehicle that has any battery components from an entity of concern such as China by 2024, meaning no critical minerals from those sources by 2025. Not a single electric vehicle currently on the market would qualify. It's not surprising considering that the United States accounts for just 8% of global lithium-ion battery production compared to China's 76%. In some cases, companies may not be able to even trace the source of the minerals or components of their own products. In other words, my dearest friends and listeners, not a single electric vehicle out there would get you your $7,500 tax credit from this bill. In other words, we've just created a subsidy that no American can actually get. We've just created an entitlement that no one actually gets. That is incredible. That is by all means, the most fantastic piece of this legislation. You talk about saving the climate, and one of the ways you want to do it is to get everybody into electric vehicles faster. And so you want to give them a major tax credit to do so, which, by the way, is a pretty bad idea because we have rising inflation and just throwing more money into the economy is going to make inflation worse. But hey, don't worry, because nobody actually gets that money. We are supposed to be cheering a bill that is giving massive subsidies to Americans in the midst of an inflation crisis, hoping to convert a ton of Americans to electric vehicles when we're struggling with our power grid as is, and thus avoiding a climate crisis using materials that we have to pollute the earth to collect, so therefore we all of our regulations prevent us from drilling for those on U.S. soil. But hey, that's okay, because the bill prevents us from getting the subsidy for any vehicle that has components made from places where they are allowed to drill for those components. In other words, the Washington bureaucracy has to save the Democrats by changing the rules after the law is passed and signed. And do you know what that means? That's right, boys and girls, if you've been paying attention to my show, that means we get to revisit West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency. The, the very Supreme Court case I told you guys in June was the most important case that the Supreme Court ruled on. Yes, Dobbs was important, but West Virginia versus the EPA 
literally just told us that bureaucracies cannot interpret the rules as they wish. They only get the interpretation powers given to them by the legislative branch. And the legislative branch just said the rules are you can only give a subsidy to somebody who gets a car that falls into these qualifications. And none of the cars on the American market fall into those qualifications. So that means our friends, the IRS and the Environmental Protection Agency or whoever is certifying these things will have to go back to court to get those powers because the legislative branch is not going to be able to expand their powers because the executive, the legislative branch after November is going to be under Republican control and they're not going to make it any easier. So the Democrats have said they are saving the planet and then have turned around and given themselves a way to not actually save the planet. And then they will turn around and attack Republicans for not saving the planet by not allowing those agencies to fix the mistake the Democrats made. If you've ever wanted to know why people don't trust the government, why people don't think the government is competent, this is it. The government just wrote a major subsidy to every American to buy an electric vehicle that no American can actually qualify for at this time. But they are cheering and praising the passage of the bill that gives us this subsidy because they did it in order to save the planet because there are no more dangerous words in the English language than a government politician or bureaucrat saying we've got to do something. And that's the thing. They've got to do something, but they are going to turn around and say that this isn't enough and we have to do something else. 232-1542 here on the Joe Cunningham Show. We'll be back after this bottom of the hour news break in just a moment. Feel free to call. We'll take your calls and have more news in just a few minutes. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation. We currently have on the line with us uh, Gene. Gene wants to call in. Hey, Gene, welcome to the program. Hey, Joe. I want to first, I want to tell you, you got a great program, sir. Thank you very much. You, you have a great program. You're, you can tell you're an educator, okay? Thank you. I appreciate now, it. I, I can't figure out. I'm, I'm 82 years old, Joe. I'll be 83 in November. And I can't for the life of me figure out why our Republican representation is allowing this to go on where, where our government is lying to us and being deceitful to us. They, we, we already know Joe Biden is feathering the cap of the China government because mm-hmm. you just got through saying 75% of those batteries are made in China. Okay? So he's feathering their cap. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet... He denies having any dealings with the Chinese, and he's full of bull. And also, why why are we allowing this to go on? I can't understand it. I've never seen this happen to us before. Okay. Thank you. Well, Gene, thank you very much for the call and some great questions. Uh, the, the reason why our, our Republican representation isn't doing anything is that they can't, you know, decide on how they want to actually be in charge. Uh, the, the Republicans that are in office right now have spent the better part of, of my lifetime uh, 
they 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 spin it trying to be the party in power so that they can be the ones managing the decline. They don't actually care oftentimes about fixing the problems. They would rather just be the ones in power as the country spirals out. They can they can ease the landing in in their mind because the country is too far gone. The country is is is, is on its way down. It, it's kind of the prevailing thought in Washington D.C. for whatever it is. Things aren't what they used to be. And instead of trying to fight for some return to a normalcy to try to right the ship, they would rather just go ahead and, 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 and touch the plane down themselves. The reason all of this is being allowed, the, the reason all this is being allowed is there's no one who really there's 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 no ideological group that's big enough and powerful enough and loud enough that 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 can really influence things one way or another. I mean, all you need to know about this bill, this Inflation Reduction Act, um, all you need to know about this Inflation Reduction Act is that the, the markets are happy with it. So clearly somebody is getting something good out of it. And Gene, it's not you and me. No. It's, it's really terrible. Yeah. You know? I've never seen us go through a turmoil like we're going through in all my years, and it really upsets me. It 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 is very upsetting. I and and you know, as somebody who's taught American history and, and who has studied American history from from start to present, this right. is the strangest time because we are we're the pendulum is 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 moving back and forth. At, at the rate at a faster rate than it usually does but more importantly the behavior of our politicians is extremely erratic I mean look at the Democrats right now who have flipped their position about 12 times on any of the issues that are actually in this bill you know that's that's just it, and and the Republicans can't get their minds around what they want to be their leadership Gene thank you very much for the call this is the problem that we're facing right now. The United States is leaderless. And there is nobody who's actually standing up and saying, this is what I want to do to make things better. And we had that in Donald Trump. But what happened with Trump is that he was too off-putting to enough people that they went the other way. And now... Everybody who went the other way, if you look at the poll numbers, they realize they screwed up. But the person who turned them off in the first place has not corrected his own ship. He's made a lot of this about him. And I'm sorry if you disagree with me, but revisiting the grievances of 2020 isn't helping. The people who have moved on are the ones who are being the most successful on the political stage right now. The people who are taking the lessons of the end of the Trump era and are applying it to their own governance are the ones that are being successful. That's why I keep going back to Ron DeSantis. That's why I go back to Brian Kemp of Georgia. That's why I go back to some of these other leaders in these various states, because what they have done locally is the model for what the Republicans should be doing nationally. The Democrats have no answer for Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis isn't even letting them ask a question for them to respond to his answer on. Ron DeSantis is getting a lot of crap from the media right now because he's not inviting them to his press events. 
But when he does let them into his press events, they skew something into a misrepresented story that gets called out, but they never correct on. To this day, CBS has still never corrected the 60 Minutes clip where they accused him of pay-to-play with COVID response and COVID vaccines. To this day. And a bunch of their friends in the media backed them up on this because Ron DeSantis is the next Trump and he's evil. So Ron DeSantis just isn't playing their game. And as a result, he's doing a lot better than some of these other Republicans who are trying to respond to the media and trying to play the media's game. You cannot win the media's game. You cannot win when the media is changing the rules. The media is now saying Ron DeSantis is worse than Trump. With what, uh, by what criteria? Every complaint they had about Trump has nothing to do with DeSantis. Every complaint they have about any Republican right now has nothing to do with what Trump was to them. But he's worse because people are flocking to them now. If you go, there's a, there's a website, a friend of mine brought this up on his radio show earlier today. If you go to a website called Meme, Meme O Random, M E M E O Random, Meme O Random is a website that, that orchestrates, collects news stories and gives you the top news of the day. And he pointed this out earlier, and I, I, I went and I looked and I could verify it. Here are your top stories of the day from the media Inside the War Between Trump and His Generals. New book chronicles Trump's fraught relationship with top military officials. Exclusive from Axios, Trump's telltale toilet. I kid you not. Those are the top stories from the media right now. In the most recent, uh, from the Daily Beast, Trump asked generals why they couldn't be more like totally loyal Nazis, report claims. Um, just over and over, Trump asked... Uh, uh, it's Trump, 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 Trump from uh, from the Bulwark, which is a supposedly conservative outlet that is anti everything related to Trump and, and currently hates all Republicans. They're out saying, well, you keep accusing us of wanting Trump to be around, but we're standing against him. Well, you're making your money off of Trump's existence. These media outlets are making their money off of Trump's existence. If they would stop writing about Trump, if they would stop pushing candidates that Trump endorsed, remember the Democrats spent money to promote pro-MAGA Republicans in primaries against anti-Trump Republicans. The Democrats spent the money there. If these guys were really a threat to democracy, the Democrats wouldn't be wasting their money on them. But it's not about what Trump actually was, whether he was a terrible person or not. What's important is whether or not the Democrats think they can beat these guys. And right now, the polls say they can't. But they're still going to double down on it. They're still going to double down on the idea that Trump is the big weakness of the Republican Party. They don't have any leadership left. If you look at all the signs of recession, by the time the major impacts of recession really hit every American that's when Joe Biden's going to be deciding whether or not he's running for president. And you know what? The Democrats have no bench. 
And the Republicans have a bench, but it's getting narrower by the day. There are leaders on the Republican side. There are no leaders on the Democratic side. But the Republican Party has no idea what type of leadership it wants. So as a result, they have a 50-50 chance right now that they throw it all away. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take our last break of the day before we come back. When we come back, school starts this week, and as a former teacher, I have some advice for y'all as parents. Please listen, I've got some important things I'd like to say that'll help you and your students and our teachers in this parish. Have all that and more when we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in for this last segment. I want to break away from the news. I uh, Over at KPL965.com, I have an open letter to parents. And I wrote this as both a teacher and a parent. As the school year gets started, kids getting ready to go back. We are undoubtedly in a strange new world when it comes to public education or private education for that matter. Um, One of the most important things that parents can do is be involved. Study after study has shown the most successful kids are the ones whose parents are involved in multiple aspects of their life, from their education aspect, from the social aspect, everything. Parents who are involved with their kids' lives tend to be the most, uh, tend to have the most uh, level-headed, prepared kids. So I just wrote down a few things, kind of stream of consciousness, what you can do to make sure your child's year in education is the most successful. The first is to be there and advocate. The most important thing you can do is not just be there for your student, but to advocate for their needs. Like I said, studies have routinely shown that parents, uh, that students with parents active in their school lives are more successful and better prepared for life. Just being there and being the moral foundation for your child and build off of. Make sure they stay on the right path. I cannot, as a teacher for the last eight years, describe the difference I've noticed between students with engaged parents and students with largely absent parents. The difference is night and day. However, as much as you need to be there to not just support, but advocate for your child, to stand in your child's corner, trust the professionals. Just as absent parents can be a hindrance to students, so can parents that are too involved. If, you, if you're a parent that excuses everything your child does, actively works to make sure they don't face consequences for their actions. Don't face consequences for doing their work. Argue with coaches about playing time and grades with teachers. If you spend all of your time doing that and you spend no time at all, 
asking what it was they were supposed to do, why they didn't do it, what they can do to get better, and working with your student to get better in those things, you're not helping. I respect the hell out of any parent that goes up to a teacher, including to me, and advocates for their kid. Gladly worked with those parents. Gladly worked with those parents of athletes in the same way. What can my kid do to get better? But I always would tell parents of when I was coaching, I don't come to your job and tell you how to do your job. Please do not come up here and tell me how to do my job. You can ask to be part of the process. You can help out where need be. You can advocate for your students. But it's not you versus the teacher in defense of your kid. It's you and the teacher working to help your student become the most successful kid possible. Keep your kids on some sort of schedule. My 10-year-old is about to go into fifth grade sitting right here next to me. Which is good because I can talk about her without wondering if she's listening and getting embarrassed by what I'm saying. I can just say it to her face and embarrass her as she lays her head on the table, fearful of what I'm about to say. This is largely for younger students, but it helps with older students too. When school starts, kids get on a schedule. They wake up, they get dressed, they go to school somewhere in there, they brush their teeth and they eat, depending on, you know, if they eat at school, if they eat at home, whatever. But when they get home, the schedule's over. They watch TV, they play video games, they hop on their tablets for hours. Um, they don't engage with the educational process too much. Keep them on an afternoon and evening schedule too. If they don't have an extracurricular activity, keep them on some sort of schedule. Make sure they're doing their homework, they're doing whatever reading they need to, they're keeping up with their work. Because when you get off that routine, when you just shut off at 3 o'clock, the learning has stopped and nothing really carries over as effectively as it would have if you had made sure the kid was engaged for longer in the afternoon and evening. Keep the supplies coming, y'all. I could write a whole separate column. I could do a whole separate lecture on this. But please, y'all, email your teachers, call your teachers, say, hey, what do you need in the classroom? Because guaranteed in a few weeks, they're already going to need Kleenex, paper towels, hand sanitizer, Clorox, wipes, whatever. We're at a hyper-aware time of our, of, of our lives. We're all worried about the germs kids are passing around to each other. Make sure there's Kleenexes up there. Make sure there's hand sanitizer up there. And I've said this on the air before, but send your kid to school with a can of compressed air to give to their teacher because most schools are going one-to-one -one on technology or most schools have technology labs, computer labs. Compressed air helps keep those keyboards running for a lot longer than they would if your kid was just messing with the keyboards with grubby fingers and no nothing ever got cleaned. Please send that. Last thing, last thing. Volunteer at your kid's school. There is a big lack, a big lack of volunteer efforts, a, a big lack of parental involvement on the committee level of our schools. Just as a student is more successful when their parents are involved, so too are the schools more successful when parents are involved. Get together, help clean up the campus, 
work in the flower beds, donate and take part in fundraisers, show up to events, organize events, get people to come to these events. Show your student that supporting the school is how you get everything you can out of school. If there's a chance for growth, take it. Whether it's your student or whether it's the school, promote your school. Support your teachers, advocate for your kids. You guys have a great week. I'm going to talk to you again tomorrow here on the Joe Cunningham Show, but Offsides is coming up next. Shannon and I talking about the topics of the day. Uh, I'm sorry. You can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com, and check out the podcast version of the show. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.